Revolutionary Sports Front, Season 2, Episode 5. What a Saturday. Tony Preston to my left, Jerry Preston to my right. Joe, as always, via Skype. New venue. What up? New venue. We are at the new uh, Casa del Preston here in uh, the beloved Southgate, Michigan. Um, we moved from Trenton, but um, it's not going to change a thing. We're diving right into it. It's a very, very, very important Saturday. We got the Lions coming off a not so pretty, but very important victory against the Vikings as they head in uh, to face the Panthers at home. Get to that one. The Packers coming off a dominant performance against the Bears, heading into uh, the Cowboys. Not so scary looking Cowboys after all. And um, it's freaking rivalry week uh, tonight, eight o'clock, just a few hours away. Got Michigan going uh, at the Big House up against Michigan State. Man, uh, absolutely huge. We also got a little bit of UFC two uh, two sixteen. El Kakui, Tony Ferguson versus the Motown Phenom, Kevin Lee. And the Red Wings are undefeated, so I'm sure Joe's excited to talk about that, as we all are. But um, let's uh, let's keep the format normal, and we'll start off with the NFL and the Lions, and we'll uh, we'll go down the list from there, and I'm pretty pretty excited. How we doing, boys? What's up? Uh, Tony's on his fucking phone I, again. There he is. Uh, after what I said on the last podcast, the I was, you know, I was re-listening to it this morning. I still believe the Lions have a good shot at winning the NFC North. I think they definitely are going to win a playoff game this year still. Uh, probably was the first person to project that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wow. used, you called the game ugly in the beginning of the show, and I liked that. It was an ugly game, but you got to win those ugly games in this league. You know, with the less – with the, they practice less now. They give less time with pads. They can't do two-a-days as much. The NFL has turned into a little bit of an uglier, sloppy – Drag them out game. The defense held tough. The Lions did what they needed to. They capitalized on a huge fumble when Devin Cook non-contact Torres ACL. That was a huge turning point. And then the Vikings could just never come back. They got down to like the five-yard line. They got penalized, missed a field goal. I mean, I can't rip off mostly a stats guy. There's no good stats to look at this game besides the fact you held the Vikings to seven points with a head case Keenum. But, I mean, offensively, you got to get clicking. But Vikings have a top five defense in the NFL. They're good at all positions. They have a lockdown corner in Xavier Rhodes. They went out there and did their best. The Lions did their best. Winning on the road is tough in the NFL. Most teams look to go about 500. You're already 2-0 on the road, so, I mean, you can go 2-4 and the rest of the season, and it's, and it's a success. You make some good points, um, you know, and they've done it three times now, and it should, it should have been four, and we've already talked about that, so I'm not going to go and do it again, but let's keep it in perspective. In general... They're winning games that they, they normally don't win. It's really been two out of the three games. I mean, you can call the Cardinals game what it was. We, we started off super sloppy and ended up coming back to win by double digits. But we'll scratch that one out of the way. But I'm talking in particular about the Giants game on the road, Monday Night Football, and um, winning that one in kind of an ugly fashion. It was a very strange game. And then this one that we just saw last week against the Vikings. Uh, you know, you come out and, you know, it's just you can just tell right off the bat it's going to be a fist fight. The guys in, the, uh, in both sides of the line are, are fighting hard. Stafford's having a tough time. You see him miss a couple throws, almost throw a few picks. We're we're kind of you know having a battle. We're getting the best of. I mean, their quarterback's gone. They ended up. We took out their running back, which was you know unfortunate for him as a human, but good for us as Lions fans. And uh, we actually cheered that. Well, like I just want to add on. What, this was probably the worst game. Stafford did miss a couple balls this last week. I don't know. Oh, maybe it was, for sure. It was. I ugly. mean, he's been pretty on this year, and I was riding him pretty hard at the Giants game. He missed a couple throws, but. What he didn't do was try to look downfield and eat sacks. Those couple, he had a couple huge dump offs to. Um, I think he got dumped seven that, times. No the, no, the dump offs to Daniel Fells or whatever his fellow's name is, first name. They had a couple where it was like a third and seven. He leaked out and then he ran and got the seven yards and the Vikings had no answer for it. 
And I think that that's a mature quarterback play to see that guy leaking out. And I think Fowles is a great addition to the team. And then it's Bob Quinn's work. You know, Matt Miller never would have made that signing. Right. And I hate being this nice to the Lions, just so you guys know. I think think the biggest underlying thing here is Detroit and Green Bay might be the two teams to beat in NFC North now because with Minnesota losing uh, Dalvin Cook and then their quarterback, um, they they have a good defense, but you got to score points in this league. And Chicago, I don't think they're going anywhere. So we went from potentially a very, very competitive division now to probably two teams uh, that will be duking it out. And they still got to play each other twice. Um, it could be really interesting going down the stretch to see what happens between Green Bay and Detroit. Uh, we'll get to Green Bay later, but I, it w- will be interesting to see if they can. I would just imagine it, if they can stay healthy, but we'll get to that Well, later. I have to say something. If, while we're talking about the Lions, I have to say something about the, about the defense and the work of, of Austin the coordinator um it's been a tremendous job we talked about it last week or yeah we talked about it we talked about it pretty much every week a little bit but honestly um the, what he's doing with with slightly above mediocre talent um is is amazing to me with the scheme you don't have world star guys but they're playing like it every game so far including the one loss the controversial loss against Atlanta we're, we're creating turnovers having Matt Ryan throw three picks up here getting fumbles to win the game uh Glover Quinn's looking amazing. Slay had some big plays. I mean, all the guys are, are just playing really well, and it's, they're in the right places. You can call a lot of turnovers in general in the NFL luck, but, I mean, it's been three, four weeks of so-called luck. I think a lot of that has to do with just getting a hat on the football and just good scheme and being in the right places and just guys that aren't, you know, that are in it for the team and not just themselves, and I think that's shown a lot, and I think it's going to show yeah. going forward against this game against the Panthers. The so. one thing I will play devil's advocate is they haven't faced top-flight quarterback competition besides Matt Ryan. Unfortunate loss, but besides his picks, on one of the picks, they turned it over on like the 10-yard line. He threw a pick six that was horrible. That one was off a guy's hands on a broken play that was actually a good play by Matt Ryan if Tevin Coleman could have caught it. Like Without those three picks, Matt Ryan did do a little slicing and dicing, but that's what that offense does. However... You got to ask yourself: Are these just bad quarterbacks, or the Lions making them look bad? So you got to try to look at other games. And the fact of the matter is, Palmer hasn't looked good anywhere else. Eli's kind of been up and down. He looked good against the Tampa Bay in the second half, even though they lost. But he was also just kind of bombing out there, slinging against. Yeah, the but defense. Tampa Bay's defense has kind of been shredded through the air in the last yeah. few games. Well, if you're, talk, if you're talking about quarterbacks, Jared, to your point, look at look at what's going to happen this week. I mean, Cam Newton he had a struggle, then he had a great game against New England, but now with a little controversy in the media. Uh, you know, calling out that f- yeah. female reporter the for not knowing is, how to I talk think about routes. Cam has been on a downfall since he got the MVP, so I don't think he's a good measuring stick. Maybe Drew Brees. Well, I mean, Saints we're getting into week five and six here. Yeah, dude. I know. You know what I mean, I, it's actually unfortunate. We can't, I want to know. say it about every quarterback. If maybe if you want to play the you, devil's advocate. I mean, we got Monday Night Football with the Packers. We'll see it, or if Sam Bradford comes back for the. You next You got the game, 29th after the bye against Roethlisberger. You can call that, him that's a good one. You can. You got. I know that's a good one. Packers. You got the Saints. I think. Or do we have this? I think we have the Saints. Time will obviously. I just don't know answer. They're a good defense, but I don't know if they're great yet. I'll have to see him against a better quarterback. That's what I'm the saying. Biggest, biggest thing about luck, too, you know, in the NFL, I think you create your own luck. There's a lot of, you know, professional defenses, they run their schemes pretty well, and they, they hide coverages and things like that. So, as a, you know, like you were saying, Jerry, that the quarterbacks haven't been, other than Matt Ryan, haven't been top flight. But I think maybe the Lions have done such a good job because they've been able to out-scheme some offenses, disguise a little bit of coverages, and be, you know, positionally uh, correct and put themselves in the right spot to get turnovers. So, um, yeah, I mean, some turnovers are luck. It goes off a receiver's hands. But, uh, you know, other times, too, um, you know, this is this is the big leagues, and, and they're, they're probably just in the right place at the right time uh, if, they're, if they're playing 
sound football. Um, and, and, and I think that goes along with Frank's point. I think that's where a lot of their successes come from is, you know, they don't have the superstar guys that, that some teams do on defense. But if they play sound, uh, sound scheme and, and good, good, uh, you know, base defense, uh, it's it's tough to beat. It's a it's a bend don't break, and um, it, it can get frustrating for other teams. You know what's frustrating me, and this is a little bit off topic, but around here on the radio show, they're doing topics like, "Is do you not believe in the Lions because it's same old Lions stuff like that?" And I I don't like the mantra "same old Lions." I thought it was a cop out when you guys were losing, and now it's a cop out when you guys should be happy. The Lions are a really solid football team. I mean. They are. It's just a fact of the matter. They're a solid all-around football team. They got a good kicker, a solid defense, a quarterback coming into his prime. They're solid football teams. I need Lions fans to be more excited. I'm sick of hearing them saying, oh, they'll find a way to blow it. Just because all these years you've been using it as like, oh, they could have been good, but they got jacked here and same old Lions this. It was, an, it was a fallback and it was a crutch, and now you're using it as a crutch to stop you from walking when your leg's healed. You know what I mean? Well, they finally pulled. They finally pulled well, some Jerry. people into their organization that came from a winning, winning pedigree. You know, they got a, a GM from uh, New England, where, where I mean, he was, you know, helping run a show that that did the right things, picked up the right people. You look at the Lions' draft picks for the last two years. I think almost all those guys are starters right now. You know, barring injury or, well, or maybe playing. something else. But playing. you look at half the guys uh, they drafted before, uh, and you know, the top ten. Where are those guys now? They're, they're off in the gutter somewhere, yeah. uh, you know, watching football on Sundays. Whatever you know, year the Fairley draft was, the entire Fairley draft was not in the Lions like three years later, four years later. Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, we could talk all day about the LaShores and the Titus Youngs. It's yeah, definitely I don't want to talk it's, about It's them. definitely a better, well, to Joe's point, it's definitely a better culture, and it's a winning culture. And I think what you said about the SOL, there's two different things. that There's the SOL narrative where it's like the guy that's just watching the game saying, I don't even want to watch this. I know it's going to be SOL. The Lions are going to lose. Then there's guys like me who are a little bit slap-happy SOL, and you're just going to root for them to win every time. And then when something happens, like a broken finger or a screwed call by the refs against Dallas, we'll bitch about it. Yeah, that's SOL too, but I think this is a solid team. I think people need to, to stop with the whole SOL because it's a solid football team. And I don't want to get too excited. Don't don't put me in. I don't wanna, I'm not saying you did, but I'm not one of those fans. I could easily go and tell you that I looked at the rest of the schedule, and though it looked tough in the beginning of the season, I don't think it looked so tough. I can go talk about that, but I'm going to stick with the task at hand, which is the uh, the Carolina Panthers at home and going 4-1. and one. What's, But so, I, I'm telling you, that schedule ain't looking no, too tough no, now. I, I know. And like, look at, the, the, the look at that is, schedule. Frank, for the first time, I think you're coming to your own as a fan, and like you see that this team could be good, but you don't want to get ahead of yourself. You're trying to, as a fan, take it one game at a time. I know on S- Sunday you're going to be yelling at the TV just like everybody else. However, like... I can see you maturing as a fan. If the at this time last year, if the, when the Lions, if they were three and one, you would have been just, oh, the Packers sucked here. The Lions are sick. They're going to Oh, I would have been erect. This is something. <laughs> now I'm something just different chubby. on here. Yeah, I know, and you should. Yeah, but all Lions fans well, should have a chub about their team. Well, part of the problem is this is a Lions team that they've sold us hope for so many years that then it's like, oh, they're going to be good this year, and then they come around and just kick us in the nuts. Yeah, but I don't get until this year until. After that Giants game, there hasn't been a reason for hope. Well, let's call it 2015 on on. There wasn't much hope. We were just buying garbage. But there was a little hope 2015. We've had a little success, but this is real hope. Let's hope. (laughs) Does that make sense? I'm just saying last year you could tell that when they were going to those last three games against the Giants, Cowboys, and Packers, you knew they were going to lose all three. As just like looking at it, they, they just weren't a solid team. They were winning every game in the fourth quarter against subpar competition. You knew that wasn't a solid football team. The Lions finally have a solid football team and I'm hearing less than I did last year well like last year I think a lot of fans are like me 
I just don't I don't understand. Last year it was just all about fourth quarter comics, lines are sick, nobody can beat Stanford as long as they're close to win the game. Now when you actually have a good football team out here is oh they'll blow it. Same old Lions. Puff your chest out. Well, the this thing is, is the time. We're better this year and Stafford still is that guy because we've seen some pretty close calls here at the end, including the game that they should have won against Atlanta. But the last thing I'll say, because I know we got a lot of stuff to do, it's a huge week. The last thing I'll say is the Lions, now that as Joe said, we got the new uh GM world-class coming from a world-class organization and we have two coordinators who are lo- getting looked at one being awesome more than the other two coordinators being looked at for head coaching spots and jim caldwell who make fun of him all you want he's great for putting out sound bites that are funny to joke about but he actually is a player's coach and he's uh he's actually a pretty good leader so we got a world-class uh got a group of guys running this and we got some pretty hard working dedicated dudes winning football games and i'm excited for sunday tomorrow so what do you got i mean look at the panthers we gotta do the predictions just- yeah I mean, we haven't really talked about them at all. The Panthers beat the Patriots. Everybody's going off because the Panthers beat the Patriots at home. I mean, you know, every once in a while, you stub your toe. Bad things happen in the world. Things that aren't supposed to happen, happen. You know, you can get a flat tire. That's what happened. Well, the Patriots aren't looking the, that good. The Patriots defense looks like a sieve, but, I mean, I believe in them riding the ship. Their offense isn't the problem. I would rather have problems than, well, that's Running not the true. ship? But. What ship? Their offense is still putting up 30. Their def- defense just couldn't stop Cam. Sweet Cam had a good game. I remember when Alex Smith had a good game well, against the, the game Patriots. Before, they won they, Super Bowl day. 9-3 to three against Buffalo. We don't really know what to expect, but I, I, knew, I know what we're going to bring. I don't know what they're going to bring. I think that the Lions possess exactly what you need to stop uh, Cam Newton. That's a top flight corner to lock down his first option and a Benjamin's defensive hurt. line that's going to get after it. And yeah, I think the key to beating Cam Newton is you have good contain and pressure on him. If he can't get out of the pocket and run and make those throws on the run and he's constantly getting hit, he falls apart and he'll give up. We saw that in a Super Bowl. Just Cam Newton's, I mean, when they came out and people were talking about him having a crappy attitude and all this stuff, they called everybody racist. And like, yeah, the review of him was a little fucked up, but Cam Newton does have some, he's almost got that wide receiver mantra and you can't have that at quarterback. You got to be kind of stoic like a Stafford, Rodgers, or Brady. You know, you got to lead your team. And like he, when he's doing good, he leads his team. But when he's not doing good... It's just so negative, and I mean, really what I think it's going to come down to is not, I think the Lions' defense is going to handle Cam pretty well. I think that's going to be like 51-49% Lions, you know, that's going to be right there. Like It's going to be a good battle. The Panthers probably put up, up 13 points, touchdown, two field goals. The question is, can Stafford keep his team drives alive against that good Carolina defense and not turn the ball over? And I think this year he showed us that he's not turning it over. Is he still just at the one interception? Yeah. Yeah. I think he can, to answer your question. I think he can, and I think he will. Honestly, I think this game, I think this is a perfect setup for Cam Newton to not have a good game. I think he's been up and down, uh, especially coming off the, the the hot temperature of the media. I know they diffused it a little bit with some of the other stuff that, that she had, uh, the female reporter had tweeted in the past. We're not going to get into that because it's way too political for all this show. But there's there's some stuff going on with him. I think the I think this game is not going to be as hard as you're making it sound. Honestly, I think it's going to be a little bit. I think we'll come into our own and they're going to fall off their own. I think we're going to win this by double digits. I'm I, a, I'll give my score at the end, but I think we're going to beat them pretty handily. I, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, the point spread on this is in favor of the Lions, but it's only two and a half. Yeah. Which yeah, I mean, just, I think that's about right because if the Lions win, I figure I, th- I figure it's a field goal either way for the win. I think if they lose that game to the Patriots, there's it's part more. of me that sees the Lions coming out there winning this game like thirty to ten and just being an absolute domination. About twenty five percent, the other seventy five percent says didn't look good. Would have like hundred and fifty yards passing against the Giants, although you had short fields, yeah. you didn't really get it done. You only put up fourteen against the Vikings, and one was well, with a super short field. And now you got this offense is facing arguably another good 
but maybe great defense. Can Stafford get it done, get it clicking? Hits well, part around. of that is this year, I think the Lions, they've talked about it. They want to have a commitment to the run game. And they'll just basically, I think, burn possessions because they'll run it on first and second down for one, two yards each time. And then you're in a third and long situation and the defense just drops back and you can't get an open receiver. And so you try and throw it to where only your guy can get it and either he doesn't get to it or it's a little off and the corner is able to get his hand in there and swat it away. So what's your angle? What are you saying? Well, I'm just saying I I think the Lions offense is better than they're showing the last few games, but it's because they want to make sure they run the ball to try and keep the defense honest. Because then you'll see those downs when they come out on first and second down passing, and that's when they're picking up these nice four or five yard uh, chunks with the pass, and if if they make a guy miss, suddenly it's a 12, 13 yard gain easily. I mean, if we're going to the X's and O's of the whole thing, when you pass on first down, it's super dangerous because you could take a sack, you get a holding 10 yards back, you're pretty much killing the drive incomplete you're looking at second and ten you run the ball and get three yards you want to get to about second and seven second and six well that's where you want there's to be no, there, i mean we're dancing around there's no city the lions are trying to be more balanced i think they went 31 and 31 in plays like last game and they're yeah just, and they no matter what they're going the ball really well against the vikings who have a stout run defense however cam robinson was or not cam robinson uh wagner no robinson the left tackle was just getting yeah. absolutely demolished greg robinson. by uh, greg robinson was getting de- demolished by griffin and, I mean, that's – if Taylor Decker can come back, I don't know what the status is on that. But if you can come back, that can be a good offensive line. But right now, it's just a weak link. And Stafford, he gets hit a couple more times, he's going to start looking for his life. I personally think the Lions are going to win this game. I'll give my prediction right now, 21-10. to 10. Lions, I got the Lions getting up 14 to, like, 10 at half. Then they put on a touchdown. Cam gets another uh, late field goal to make it an eight-point game, and the Lions close it out. Okay, I don't I – don't, go ahead, Joe. Pick for the uh, Lions game, I'd say, uh, man, I think it's going to be a tight one. I, I I think, you know, Frank, you hit it right in the head, though. I think, I think uh, Cam Newton's been worrying too much about uh, the, the repercussions of his, his uh, deal with the media this week, you know, rather than football. Uh, that's his own fault. There's uh, a lot of immaturity on part of a veteran quarterback who should be showing a lot more tact uh, in, in front of the media and in front of the public. Um so, you know, the Lions, they, they just seem to be rolling right now. They don't have too many injuries, and they, uh, you know, they should sustain. Plus, they're at home. I take the Lions uh, 28 to uh, 10. Oh, wow. Okay, I, I, I like where you guys' head's at. Before we get our prediction from Frank, which I'm really excited for, I just want to th- Cam Newton's comment where he said, ha, it's funny to hear girls talk about routes. That was extremely sexist. Never should have said it. But her question, nobody's pointing out, her question isn't a good question. Everybody's saying because she brought up routes that makes her intelligent. She said... Uh, Devin Funches is really running really physical routes. Like, that's not. Where, what does she mean by that? Like, when he's. Well, she was asking about the fact that he's like. That Devin Funches has matured you, as a route runner. Okay, yeah. She, he's a better route say, runner. They didn't than say he, has Devin. She didn't say mature. She said she was getting physical. The only physicality you have in your routes is getting off the line, breaking a press coverage, or having a nice dig on, like, a. Yeah, she said he's being more physical in his guys, routes. Guys, so it's good to see she, him. Are you glad to see if, him uh, come into all, his own as a route runner? If she shouldn't ask the question, he shouldn't have laughed. Can we put the pom poms down? I was just Can I make trying my prediction? to say Jesus. that God. if I was Cam, would have been like, I don't You're know what okay. you mean by physical routes. You can run a crisp route. You can run a route correctly. Physical, like running a nine, there's no physicality in it. Once you get past the line of scrimmage, you're just sprinting. Okay. She, she I'm just shouldn't saying, have asked the question. He shouldn't have laughed at her. Maybe she should. 
pick a new job. I don't know. I mean, but she's so, also racist, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever, bro. Okay, uh, my pick. Uh, I, I like where you guys' heads at with the Lions win, of course, and in pretty pretty good fashion. It sounds like both you and and Joe think that it's going to be a pretty solid win. However, I think they're going to. I have a hard time believing they're going to only hold them to ten. I think you guys both picked ten. Um, I think Cam Newton does a little more than that, being a former MVP and a veteran, as he said. I'll go with the. Uh, I said double digits, so I got to stick to it. I'll go with the Lions twenty-seven, and uh, and the Panthers seventeen. I I did say twenty-one ten, but I meant twenty-one thirteen. I'm sorry if you went through my scoring that they got to thirteen. Sorry, twenty-seven yeah. seventeen. Good guys. I'm gonna say twenty-four twenty-one Lions. I think that. Uh, yeah, good pick. I mean, I think the Lions will be able to pull it out at home. I mean, Prater kicking in a dome is always a good thing. And if it comes down to it at the end of the game, and I mean, if it's a close one, I you got to give it to uh, Stafford. Oh, I got I have Prater in fantasy, so if the Lions can get up to thirty of <laughs> nothing too. but field goals. That yes, all of our SS have Prater as their fantasy kickers. He's a stud. I had something fucking really smart to say, but I totally forgot it. Oh, too bad. I wish I wish there was like a lot more points for kicking fifty yard field goals because I noticed like every one of his are like from fifty plus. Like, if I could get 10 points for every field goal he kicks past 50, dude, I would, like, win every well, game. I mean, you get five. It should be – it goes, like, three, four, five as he goes up. But it should be, like – it should be four for the 40s. But if you have 55 if – 50 to 55 should be five. But 55, 55 and over should be, like, eight points. There's only a couple kickers that can make a 55-yarder in the NFL. Eight points, more like 80 points. Well, yeah, one. I got him too, Joe. I'm with you. I got Prater on my team too. Instant so, win. So we got to move on. So I'm glad that we, to see a clean sweep of the panel for the Lions, and we'll find out the result, thank God, tomorrow, and I can't wait to watch. Isn't that usually a bad omen when like everybody picks the same team? Well, we'll see, but I, I don't think so. So due west, uh, we're going to go over to the Packers. Um, due west to Chicago, but. Well, whatever. The Packers. Um, Why don't you move to Chicago? We're Northwest. Uh, we're up against the Chicago Bears. I know the Bears had that that victory against the Steelers, which gives me hope for the Sunday night game that I'll be attending against the, the Packers. Steelers. The Packers. They're no, the Bears beat no. the Steelers the week before they played the Packers. Tony, yeah, what you're saying is correct. Jesus, man. Jesus. I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying. All the right, Packers we don't edit the show the much, so let me just let me just go. So uh, they play the Bears, and the only point that I was going to make is I know we're going to talk about the Packers, and they are a good team. I think it comes down to the Lions and the Packers in the NFC, not just the division, but the NFC. But um. You know, look, guys, it wasn't much of a test. I think they were they could have made it worse. What was it, 35 to 14? They could have made it worse. I think they were testing out their run game a lot, seeing what they could do. Rodgers didn't throw nearly as much as he could have. It could have easily been 49 to 14, 56 to 14. The Bears aren't that good. I think they got a lucky win against the Steelers, or the Steelers just aren't that good either, which I'm hoping for. That's why I was going before Tony interrupted me. But uh, either way, Packers, good, solid win. Top of the division with the Lions. And, um, yeah, you, I mean, Jerry's the expert. I mean, I'm just telling the facts. So. I mean, looking at the Bears-Packers game, they just did what they needed to do. Got in, got a clean, crisp win that wasn't exciting down the end. Exact opposite of what they did versus Cincinnati. Got some turnovers, some of them forced, some of them uh, unforced. But at the end of the day, like, you beat a crappy team. That's what you've done from lately. Uh, Packers looked good everywhere. Devontae Adams getting hit kind of sucked. It looks like Mike Downs is going to be back, but they got some other injuries to worry about. I think Jake Ryan's a little dinged up. I was going to say, I think I saw that Balaga and Bakhtari might both be back this week, meaning that it'd be the first time they played together all season. Yeah, that'd be nice. But I mean, what you really got to look at, that's what you want to do in a Thursday night game at home is just take it to their team, leave no doubt and get into the, because it's basically a mini bye week. So you get some days off to recover and they did exactly what they needed to do for the first time this season. They didn't make it interesting. They got out there, handled their business. 
the turnovers make it look like their defense was playing a little better. The first strip sack by Matthews was forced. It was cool. The next time uh, Chicago fumbled, though, they just snapped it into Glenn's knee. It's one of the funniest plays I've ever seen. He hit his knee as he was raising his knee up to do the silent count, and it flicked right to the uh, middle linebackers for the Packers. So that was pretty cool. Um, but the, the two picks he threw, I think that's good positioning because he tried to throw over the linebacker, and in doing that, threw over the receiver. And then there's a safety waiting for the interception. Rodgers did have some really crisp. I liked uh, what they were doing inside the five with the passing. They had some crispy, like, nice little routes. They did a fake pick play to get the first touchdown. They ran uh, basically a levels concept with Jordy Nelson being the only one to go out to the wide side of the field. He was wide open for a touchdown. Jordy Nelson also caught a bomb that could have, uh, if he would have ran a little bit faster, old Jordy Nelson would have scored that. He got tackled on the two. Also nice to see the rookie running back Aaron Jones contributing. That was... uh, Aaron Rodgers has been high on him since he got drafted. The question was just if he had the physicality to play in the league. It looks like he does, so that's good news. Hopefully Ty's okay. Um, did break a couple ribs. He tried to play through it, but he couldn't sustain. On a side note, Joe, I mean, you're a bicep man. Ty Montgomery's got some thick-ass arms, bro. I don't know what's been doing in the yeah. offseason, but I, I, I'd get his protein powder. Yeah, Ty, Ty looks like he's been hitting the weight room, and that's a good thing. I mean, I think it's because he's hitting back to the running back position as a receiver uh, you're, you're dealing with a little bit of a different level of, of guys, and uh, I think he wanted to be able to get a push up there, um, so he got a little bit bigger, which is which is good on him. But I, I just want to say one thing. I don't want to downplay at all, though, this victory. I think Thursday nights, uh, as we saw by a couple of days ago with the, the Pats and the Bucks, a uh, very sloppy game, and, and Thursday nights can get pretty pretty iffy. I, I think almost anything can happen on Thursday night. It's a very short week. And, uh, you know, we just mentioned these guys don't practice that much. Monday is essentially a, a complete day off. And then all of a sudden, two days later, they're playing football again. And so I think it's really, really key that the Packers came out and played sound football and, and got a big win. I, I, I don't want to downplay that because of the lack of preparation and lack of time. It's the NFL, man, any given Sunday. Um, you, you know, it, you know, both teams, uh, it, it could have gone any it could have gone either way. But the Packers really made sure they got themselves a win. Uh, look for that to be a key factor heading down the stretch. You're going to look back at that Thursday night win and say, hey, that, that could have been the difference. That could have been a turning point in this season uh, in, in the Packers. But they got the injury bug right now. But better to have the injury bug now than at the end of the year, get you know, week 16, uh, you know, week one of, of the playoffs. Other teams are getting their injury bug uh, like, like, like the Packers did last year. And the Packers are healthy. And then, uh, and then hopefully they're steamrolling teams on the way to the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, I, hope so too, I guess but... so. I guess it was a lot more crucial than I thought when you put it that way. But yeah, yeah I mean they did uh, send Mike Glennon back to the bench now because uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback yeah, in Chicago. It's good when you just don't know any of their quarterbacks, isn't it? Like who the hell are those guys? Anyway. Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> it's just good when you're a division rival. Just you don't even know who their quarterback is. Yeah, they're I'll, they're calling the Bears understand. the new Lions of the NFC North. They What's just, that, Joe? I'm just I'm just still never going to understand the. the the way the Bears acquired Trubisky, I just don't, I just don't get it. Like I, I don't think the Niners were gonna pick Trubisky. No, and, no, they uh, weren't. But what round was and, and, and what the Bears first, gave up for this guy that hasn't played at all yet? Uh, it's it's a little it's a little mind boggling, but okay. Whatever. I mean, they just John John Lynch just played him really like, just played the GM of the Bears. I mean, if Trubisky turns out to be the truth. It was well worth it. But the fact of the matter is, they could have just gotten Trubisky and waited. That's not. Kyle Shanahan's guys and Trubisky, I think they're hoping to actually get Kirk Cousins out the free market or just maybe find a quarterback like more like a Dak Prescott or something later on. Like 
the whole drafting quarterbacks in the first round, I was just thinking about all the crappy ones, you know, like your EJ Manuels, Christian Ponders. There's so many bad quarterbacks drafted in the first round. So many. It's because quarterback's such an important position that teams will... You have will, to take your shot. Teams will reach big time on quarterbacks in the first round. And so I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and then you see guys like... Mike Glennon, I think, was a first round pick. Yeah, I, I think he was too. But like Aaron Rodgers was like dropped all the way down to the Packers. The Packers are like... How did nobody like take yeah, a shot on this guy? It was more uh, running back driven. Back you could actually get physical on defense. The quarterback wasn't nearly as important back then, but those teams just didn't need quarterbacks. So the we'll meet Joe in the middle. Then how about this? The Bears suck, but every game's important, especially on Thursdays. It's I think it's super important. The fact no, that yeah, I don't I don't want to downplay either that the Bears are are definitely not right. a quality I'll opponent. Meet you but in the it's, it's nice meet to you see your team go out. There. That's I think what. Players play a game of football for their, you know, just a, that was a fun game to watch as a fan. I had to go to bed, so I, only, I didn't even wasn't up for the Devontae Adams hit. I thought he was about to die when I saw the replay in the morning. Like I could just go to bed. I was comfortable. I knew everything was gonna be fine. It you don't good, get those often, so he's you know, right. You know, you can't yeah. downplay that. It's a good solid win. It's not very often we get to see blowouts. If the we, fact of the matter is, there's only 32 professional teams. You can lose to any one of them on any given day. Right. Well, and there's only 16 games, so every every loss is is kind of a big deal. It's not like the other leagues where you play 80 plus games. Uh, you can lose a couple and be okay and just get on a winning streak again. I'll tell you, uh, go ahead. It doesn't work that way, man. I mean, sure, you have divisions where I think the Rams got in with almost a losing record one year in the playoffs, but that's just Seahawks, that was like dumb. It? That was dumb luck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think you really need to, every week is just as important as the last or, or the next, you know? You won't see me complaining uh, at four o'clock after we play the Browns at home, I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's going to be in about week 10 or 11, I think. No, it's actually week 16. Is it? Yeah. No, you play the Bengals no, no, week 16. No, no, it's like week 12. It's, it's later in the season. but uh, Well, either way, you won't see me sad if we blow them out. I'd probably turn that one off at halftime. Looking, <laughs> There's no I mean, you, no way you will, but looking forward now to the Cowboys, I, this is, again, can the defense actually play defense for once? You know what I mean? They played at Green Bay last year. I believe this is at Dallas. The thing is, if you lose a game, it's not that bad because, I mean. Whoa! Jeez. Like I'm, what I'm saying is, you can write it off like, "Oh, we lost at Atlanta, we lost at Dallas." The, I need the defense to step up here and be a defense because Dak Prescott hasn't looked as good. You know what they're going to do? They're going to try to pound the ball. I got Zeke in fantasy. I'm predicting him to have about 220 yards and three touches. Honestly, guys, he's on his way from Washington. Wow. No, I need the Packers defense to show up, but I don't think they will. I still think it's the same defense, and I think it's a little. I don't like using the word Frankie's all the time. Fugazi. The, the, the defense only look good against Andy Dalton. Seahawks, that's kind of all right. And then uh, the Bears, but the one good quarterback they played, they got shredded. You know, like I need them to step up this week. And hopefully, hopefully with Mike Daniels back, you know, you get it rolling. Yeah. I mean, that, that game, though, I mean, that's the first big game in Atlanta. Their, their new stadium and everything. I mean, they, you know, they're at home. I, I don't know. I, that, that game, I look back, it's like, yeah, I mean, was that really the Packers? And, the, you know, one, one bad call. And the whole game's different in the second half. You know, I, I, that Atlanta game, I, I don't know. I look back at that and say, hey, I, I don't think that was that was the Green Bay Packers One there. I think thing. I think that was a team with a new new stadium, a new a new you know the, the place was electric, and they they just rode the crowd to a, to a victory. But um, but you look at Atlanta any other night, and they don't look fuck it that hot. You know what I mean? You know, Atlanta. The, 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 the Lions should have beat them off a, off a controversial call, and uh, and Buffalo beat them. So they can be beat. Yeah, I mean, looking to this game, the only I mean, the Cowboys defense is definitely significantly worse than last year. Their secondary is way weaker. Sean Lee looks like that age is kind of catching up to him. Uh, Jason Wynn is not what he used to be. 
it's what basically comes down if you can get Zeke out of the field and get Rodgers out there. Like even if you do give up 14, 21 points, if they're long sustained drives and you can't get that offense fucking rolling, like the Packers until they played the Bears didn't have a second quarter touchdown the entire year. I mean they played what are they, three games at that point they didn't put up any points in the fucking second quarter. They were again they're outscoring themselves in the second half by just astronomical numbers. They need to get out early, hit it, and just give Rodgers some time in the pocket. All right, Gerard. This I've been I'm, excited. I've been, oh, can I can I go real quick, Joe? Go go okay. ahead. I was just yeah, I'm, I'm more optimistic about the Packers in this game, but oh, no, okay. Ahead. Well, that's good because you can go after me because I'm not. So it'll make a good contrast. So I hate to burst Jerry's bubble in your future one, but um, I'm not optimistic about it. Um, I'm a big guy. I'm a big storyline guy, and I believe in storylines to a certain extent. I know every game has to play its course, but I've been following the storylines of both these teams, and um, I think it's set up. For a uh, for a uh, Cowboys win at home and a Packers loss, the Packers are coming off a nice game against the Bears on a Thursday night. Um, they've looked up and down, as Jerry said. The Cowboys are facing a lot of scrutiny. They're a talented team. There was a lot of high expectations for them, and there still is, but they haven't shown up to the extent. But they still have a good team. They still got Prescott, Zeke, a good defense. Um, they got some some stars everywhere. They they were just favored last year, and they're they're. Uh, high expectations for him this year. I think they'll go and uh, and beat the Packers at home. I'm not going to give a score yet. I don't even know what it's going to be. But I just think, honest to God, I got a really strong feeling that the the Cowboys are going to beat the Packers this week. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not- I'm going to go with. Uh, or sorry, go ahead, Tony. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I mean, the, I kind of got to say. I mean, the Cowboys have not looked as good this year as they did last year. I think it's one of those where. Yeah, teams, you know, they got some film on Dak and Zeke now, and they're finding ways to shut them no, down. No shit. No shit. But it's Zeke. You think so? <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, that's what happens in the NFL. You'll see these guys have these amazing rookie years, and then guys get film on them, and then they learn, figure out how to shut them down because they work in the offseason on it. So I definitely think that uh, it's going to be a close game. But at the same time, D- Dallas is at home, and. I just can't trust that Packers defense yet. I actually kind of agree with Tony as long-winded as that point was. I agree with him. I do want to say, since we're talking about Dallas, our number one fan, uh, well, maybe not. I think I'm our number one fan. Maybe our number two fan, Mark, uh, Kristen's father. Great wedding. I just want to say thank you again for having us down in Dallas. I would normally talk more shit about the Packers opponent, but I'm not going to because I respect you as a human being and think you're a great guy. I do have the Packers squeaking this one out. I think that it's pretty much a replay of uh, the championship game. Or the division round game, Packers are gonna get up early, let them come back. I don't think it's gonna be quite as dramatic, but the Packers' run defense is—I will give them—is a little bit improved, and Dez is a little bit slower. You know, I think they only put up 16 on the Giants. I got the Packers 21 to 14. Okay. Yeah, I—I I appreciate the shout out to my father-in-law there, Gerard. Uh, Mark, you're the man, but I—I got to go with the Packers in this one. I, you know, they—they they did lose some guys in the secondary. Uh, you know, we talked about Dak and, and uh, um, Zeke having a down year right now. Uh, an improved, a different Packers defense is going into Dallas this time. Uh, a better, you know, they're not they're not the greatest, but they are better. And uh, and I think I think they're finding their win. They had an extra few days to rest up before this game um, and, and get some film on these guys. So I'm going to go with uh, Packers uh, thirty. Uh, to Dallas, fourteen. Sweet. Well, I already said what I thought. I thought I think the Cowboys are going to win the game. 
based on Tony mentioned the defense of the Packers, I think they're, it's going to get a little higher than people think. I think Rodgers is going to do his thing to a certain extent also. I'm going to go a little bit higher with the score. I think Dallas is going to get 34. I think the Packers get 24. I'll actually, I mean, I could see it going either way. There's a large part of me that's extremely scared. Zeke's about to just have his fucking field day right before he gets I think suspended. it's just time. That's what I meant about the storyline. I just think it's time for Dallas to have one. No, I totally I'm not saying they're going to do shit with it. And like you said, it's not the end of the world if you lose one game. I just think it's one of those games where they, on the schedule where it's just like, oh, yeah, oh we lost is, that bullshit game winning the Cowboys this game Jerry World. Wins means way more than winning this game. Winning this game means more than losing this game. If you lose the game, you lost one on the road, pick your head up, you're still undefeated at home, you're 3-2, and two, it's not, you win this game on the road, if you win it like in a, you know, a momentous fashion, you can define your whole season by momentous. this game. But we'll see what happens. It's going to be exciting. The whole uh, nation gets this game, if you were wondering. The coverage oh, is it map. America's Game of the Week? This is America's Four? Game of the Week. 4 yeah, well, yeah, down in uh, Jerry World. So we can, we can. So we're gonna have Troy Aikman uh, joking on uh, Cowboys. Yeah, it's a topic game. for another day, maybe in the off season. But I think the reason why every announcer sounds so lame after a while is just uh, we hear him too much. But we'll get to that maybe on uh, February show. I'm March. just tired of that damn referee that just gets called in all the time because we always seem to be a part. Oh, of it, I'm, so. I'm, I, and I say the Lions when I say we. Well, you see, guys, like if you look yeah, at where I, the ball is, we got to find a catch first, and then we got to you know it. shove a finger up your own asshole and feel for polyps. Okay, so <laughs> so we'll see what happens. That's tomorrow. Uh, it all starts at 1 o'clock in the East, man. I cannot let's wait. Let's get to the horny stuff, Frank. The horny stuff is that it's rivalry week, and for the first time ever in Michigan versus Michigan go State. Go Let's at go night, State. At the big Fuck house. Michigan. They suck balls. We got a divided crowd on this show, as you all know, but um, it's going. It's going. there's a bunch of different angles you could take, but we'll start with just the game itself. But I also wanted to t- touch a little bit on um, – on those public addresses or the the emails that went out to all the students about how they should behave themselves and all that. Because we talked about it last week. I was poking fun at you guys, MSU, alcohol, you, uh, uh, poking fun at you guys about how you're going to you know embarrass yourselves and all that stuff at the game. So we'll get into we it. We actually have to be called uh, nuclear physics you now. But anyways. Yeah, uh, farmland. Fucking farm we girls. actually are America's premier land-grant university. We got a couple buildings from the uh, – New Deal, Great Deal, wherever FDR. I know it's the New Deal, by the way, guys. Anywho, your girls look like no. From uh, the yeah, there was a dress saying like, try to keep it. Oh, did... <laughs> Frank, I, you say some funny things, but all jokes have to be based in some truth. There's not for every good-looking girl on Michigan campus. There's about ten at Michigan State, and they have way looser morals. Our our type of women go to Michigan State. That's true. You no. you you went through some of those fields yourself. Cloud those now, fields. But, uh, no. <laughs> It's just having this as a night game with only being 60 miles away, Ann Arbor is going to be an absolute dis- fucking uh, – because, first of all, there's going to be fights because the two sides not getting into it. But in this new uh, 2017 where everybody likes each other a little bit more than they did back in the day, it's going to get uh, – everybody's going to be boozed up by game time. That student section is going to be racking come the kickoff. But there's no sub booze in those stadiums. You lose that fucking uh, lubrication juice, it's going to – Well, there'll be – Flasks going around. I think it's like soft that. to send something out like that. Honestly, I mean, both they agreed on it. Both schools. I think it's you. These are college kids. They're supposed to be adults. Like if they can't handle themselves, I wish I was tailgating right now. To be honest, well, think about the shit you did in college. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I never, I never napped once on a college football Saturday. I made it from nine a.m. to nine a.m. the next day. I mean, one time I slipped in my own vomit, but that was once. <laughs> Jerry's like, man, I had every STD under the sun. <laughs> but um. No, only honestly, the ones that penicillin. No, I, 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 first of all, I always keep a couple extra penicillin around just in case I do get an itch. Number one, number two, 
I've been buying Trojan condoms since I was 14. I'm going to keep buying them. I strapped that thing up. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the football game. No. Um, strapped All right, up Joe. Gotta, it's called comedic relief. But, yeah, it's no, we should get to the game, though, man. Oh, before we get to the comedic relief, we're getting some sick stuff, man. <laughs> hey, you were There's up at, the you visited State with me a few times, buddy. Hey, I know you're married. Oh. I mean, Joe's you know married. Joe's you know married I'm married. So we won't put the stories on air, but Joe and I got in some little tit tiddly bits out there ourselves but anywho whoa um too far hey just because some of us didn't wait till college to lose our virginity yeah right tony but anyways now now, on that note we really should go to the game Uh, oh first i want to just uh handle what msu did i want to handle iowa the way msu went in there they played a solid game they cut down the turnovers felton davis looked really good as a receiver they uh in my opinion were a little soft on some play calls State's lost in between the fact that they want to still have the pro-style runs, the pro-style uh, offense they ran under your Cousins and your Brian Hoyer, although he's more of a like shotgun spread it out guy. So it's almost like they go to like spread, it's like working, but then they go to like their power set with and they do their uh, like an eye form where they have the receiver come around so he might get the end around, but most of the time they hand it off right up the middle. And it's just not clicking when they try to get back to those power sets. So identity-wise, they're a little caught in the middle. They don't have as good of a run game, but Lewerke looks like, I mean, he can move in the pocket. Um, if they can iron those issues out, they can be a real solid team. We already got three wins. That's how many we had last year. So looking forward. Are you talking look, about in general or this game? What are you, ta- what are you I'm talking about? I'm talking about general for state season. I'm trying to paint a positive picture because they're probably going to get massacred tonight. Yeah, let's talk but, about the game, man. We don't got all time for game, all this crap. What do you you guys save go. that for your article. I'll, I'll save my All right, I'll, I'll go. All right, because I'm, I'm probably the least educated one on, on either on the state side, at least. But... I'll tell you what. Like formal education. You give, I, for I sure. do know. I do know one. I do know one thing. Harbaugh is a genius, and I set myself up for that. Harbaugh is a genius. Okay, you give a genius time, especially a bye week, to go into a game, a rivalry game, a game that's under scrutiny. No, there's no crickets. Okay, he's uh, he's a genius going into a game with uh, with uh, huge expectations. I know it's state, and they're not uh, looking as good as they have in the past. But bottom line, they've won the seven out of the last nine games that they've played against Michigan, and that just can't stand. As Michigan, being you know the khaki wearing pants he is, he's not going to let that stand. Michigan's going to pummel him. I know it's a rivalry game. State's going to play their heart out. It might be a close first quarter, maybe you know fourteen seven, seven seven. It might even be ten seven state at one point, and people will start to freak out. Mostly because of the quarterback play, I think. But um, I'm not even going to get into that. But I think that uh, eventually Michigan's going to pummel them, man. I think it's going to get ugly. Blowout at night at home, One and Paul Bunyan comes home. One big thing I would point out, like the having to start a backup quarterback for Michigan, although our corner actually kind of did look better than um, again the bye week than but. space when he wasn't comfortable. The only thing is it might get rainy. It's going might be a little cold, rainy second half of the game, which is actually how Michigan State went down and beat. Ohio State was they couldn't air it out, so that actually bodes well because you're gonna turn into a physical. Yeah, we will take a defensive match. game. Yeah, no, it bodes well. The only thing is, it also could turn into O'Corn having a couple balls slip out of his hands and then some ugly fumbles. It could also turn into the work you having. You know what I mean? The whole rain thing is good for Michigan, seventy five percent, but there's a twenty five percent chance that it gets ugly. Um, so you're counting on luck. I'm not counting on luck. Michigan State was uh, two years ago when they won on the greatest play in college football history. They were 10.5-point dogs or 11-point dogs today. Are you really bringing up the trouble with the snap? I'm just – I no, this rivalry is – there's I mean, Michigan on, fans. That's like, some, me, that's like me saying little Michigan brother. There's some Michigan fans that try to say this isn't a rivalry game, but that's just not true. This is more important – it's not more important than the Ohio State game because the Ohio State game is likely going to be for the Big Ten to go to the Big Ten championship. But for 
in their hearts, all Michigan fans know that live in the state of Michigan that this is the more important game because no, they want to no. tell their It goes fucking... year by year, Gerard, and you're not going to sit here and tell me this is the Red Wings Avalanche Game 7 kind of rivalry right now. There's certain eras. State was way better going to the top four when they played Michigan. Even though we knew it would be close, they were better then, but we're better now. It's just, they go in this different This is exactly er- like Red Wings Game 7. No, it's not because, dude, it'd be like, dude, it wouldn't even go to a Game 7 in our metaphor. This is, if you, it's not close. If Michigan, they're not gonna, it's not going to be close. If Michigan loses, admit it. Their season is, they got chalk one up. They only get They're harder. not going if to. If they win, That's the they point I'm like making. They hang their head on. They can finish 7 and 4, but they beat Michigan. Right, but it's not going to happen. You know that. Right? I'll get to my prediction later. Okay, okay. I'll just give Man, you mine there, now. Michigan wins by I'll say double this. digits. I will say this. There's been more shocking upsets in college football than Michigan State beating Michigan tonight. But is That's it going to happen? I mean, I mean, okay, yeah. It, I mean, Michigan is definitely favored. And my, my pick At today home. Is, is Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's favored and, by yeah, 11 points. But, I, yeah, I, dude, I get that. I'm just saying, well, I'm just like, saying. you look at upsets from the past on, on any major team from any small school. Uh, I mean, Stanford lost to San Diego State this year. Like, who saw that coming? You know what I mean? Like it's just like there are there are much bigger upsets out there than if for MSU were to go in and and pop a surprise on U of M tonight. This you know what I'm saying? Always but, close, man. But however fully, you're saying that, I could see you switching and saying they're gonna win. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I fully expect though, like like you were saying, Frank. I fully expect like a couple wacky formations, maybe another 11 man I formation uh, into uh, into a shotgun, into under the center, into a wildcat uh, for like a five yard gain. Um, but, you know, I, I, I fully expect to see after a bye week in a big rivalry game to see Michigan do some some unconventional things and, and try to, you know, get into that psychological warfare aspect of the game and uh, and, and get the fans going. I, I think uh, their biggest thing is, the, is you know, if they're going to play O'Corn, uh, stick with them because, you know, the turnover battle uh, in college football is so, so crucial. Um, in the Big Ten, not as much because they, they kind of like to pound it out. Uh, it's not it's not as high flying as like the Pac-12, but uh, but the way the way college football is these days, offenses kind of rule. And if you, if you got a good defense, that that's typically what gets you over the hump. And it's going to be the turnover battle that uh, that wins the day. Jerry mentioned the weather. Uh, weather causes turnovers. If you if you can play sound and, and not not make big mistakes, the swing momentum in the game. Uh, you know it'll it'll make or break, and don't forget too, uh, weather weather screws up kicking. So field goals, uh, if, if it's bad weather tonight, could could not become or be, could become not an option. Uh, you could be seeing guys go for it on fourth down and either stops or makes on fourth down swing momentum too. Yeah, I mean the one thing I will say outside of the Notre Dame game, which I mean State really kicked themselves just straight in the teeth that entire game. Notre Dame did have two good drives, but most of it was just State doing stupid shit, like fumbling on the one-yard line and throwing a pick six. However, Michigan State's run uh, defense has been pretty strong this year, and Michigan's going to be heavy run. Like They stuffed Iowa's guys. They have some openings in the past. Besides Josiah, uh, Josiah Scott, who's super good, their secondary is a little soft. The thing is, Michigan's guys are just so big. State's guys aren't as big as they used to be. They're going to get downhill and make some tackles, but... If you're going to say it's going to be a pound them out physical game, I mean, I still see, I get why, I just texted somebody, I put Michigan straight up and so many gave me those odds too, but um, the fact of the matter is, if they can get downhill and tackle, they can tackle with the best of them. I'm not scared of a run game, I'm scared of, uh, like a, Mar- a Mariota would tear this secondary apart, you know what I mean? It's gonna be, if it's going to be a grind them out physical game, it's going to be low scoring, I don't see Michigan covering that 11, honestly. Yeah, I will say one thing. Uh, really? You got to watch out for uh, Chris Fry, though. Got to make sure he doesn't uh, 
take any stupid penalties this year. Yeah, he's more of an emotional leader of the squad. Uh, Raycon Williams looks super good against Iowa. I mean, State's going to get after it today. If there's one person who's gonna, in the world that I would trust getting these boys ready, his name's Mark D'Antonio. All right? Yeah. And you wouldn't trust Jim Harbaugh? Got him ready against Notre Dame, huh? Jim Harbaugh and D'Antonio oh. are both great coaches, and they're both geniuses. However, one's an evil genius and a little mad scientist sleeping at kids' houses. D'Antonio is just the kind of person every... How many field goals has that kid made now? Son to grow up. What? How, how many? How many has he missed? How many has he made? He's missed a bunch too. But that, that doesn't matter, Tony. <laughs> I'm just. I don't know. I know D'Antonio's a legend and all that stuff. I don't just don't think now in particular is the time to be. I'm just him a saying genius. if he one person in the world is going to get these boys fired up to run through that wall and to say the right things in the locker room, it's D'Antonio. You know, I'm tired of being nice, Gerard. You're playing the seventh team in the nation. You're going to get pounded out. Just don't quit dancing. I don't think so. Right. I think State wins this game. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that hard, honestly. <laughs> Michigan has one of these. He they can't sh- even keep his straight face. They struggled against Air Force. They struggled against Purdue in the first half. We ain't going to choke in the second half like Purdue did. We're going to get after it. They were giving up a lot. You remember how your quarterback got hurt? Our defensive line's hungry. Yeah. They're right. angry. 35 you know I mean? to 10 favorite, against Notre Dame. This is my favorite week because being an Irish fan, I'm just like the guy in the middle, just like, you know, watching it, watching it do. God, you know, it's like, it's like I'm going to a fight. You know, I'm just watching a fight. Well, dude, he's acting like it's 2012, people, man. It's over. That, like, you're starting a backup quarterback. State's not a bad squad. They're solid. All right. Buddy. We're going to be all right. Seventh in nation. I, I, I do think, I do think it's going to be – I'm going to be with Jerry and that it's going to be a close game. Inside 11, I, which is the spread, you think he's – Jerry said they're going to cover the spread. I, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be this. I think it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be Michigan 21, Michigan State 17. What? All right. Well, who's next? I mean, what? I mean, I wouldn't go that close. I mean, <laughs> Michigan has Michigan has set up their pedigree for this season. It'll be close early. Pedigree? Do you mean game plan? No, they're they're okay. They're mo. Sorry, what they do is it's close early because they run a lot, and then later on in the game, when your defense gets tired, they start breaking off these big chunk gains, screams, and, and then, know about them sparring dogs. We don't get tired. Yeah. Okay. Where does all this come from? Iowa. Iowa. It comes from four years of blood, sweat, and tears up that university, learning everything I know about science and life in general. You learned everything you know about science up there? No, I learned a lot from Mr. Wakeham too. Shout out. Listen, listen. Michigan, Michigan beat Purdue twenty-eight to ten. I think Michigan State is a much better team than Purdue. Okay, that's why I made that pick. That's okay, and that, you're right to do that. I just think it's I a different. I didn't break my we're coming ankle off a bye playing week. intermural soccer as a sophomore oh, and howl like around the class on it still... to predict the loss versus the Skunk Bears. All right. Okay. It's not like I'm making a crazy prediction here. I'm still saying Michigan's gonna win. Right. You guys are no. Acting like I'm no, I didn't Michigan say anything. I didn't say anything. I just thought it was a little close. I didn't. I didn't think you pick it that close, but that, that's fair. I think a rivalry game, man. I can't pick a blowout in a rivalry game. Well, you're talking to the wrong guy. So I'm about to give you my pick. And we'll uh, go. I'm going to take Michigan 34 to 13. Ooh. See, this is one game where as a betting man, I don't know if I really want to bet this one because that, that 11 points throughout, I think is right on. Cause I, I have a feeling this game's either going to end 28, 17 in favor of Michigan or 28, 20 depending on, I mean, that's only a three-point difference, but it's the difference between a push and losing. I'm sorry. I meant to say 34-16. They're going to get another field goal. 34-16, my, my pick. 
Oh, now it's getting closer. No, I just meant to say that in the first no, place. I, I do see what Tony's saying. Not 21 Honestly, it stays down yeah. like three. Why don't you move to Chicago? It stays down like three late in the game. The work he's the kind of quarterback that's going to try to do too much and throw a pick six, where it could go from being a three or like a four point game to an 11 point game at the flick of a wrist. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying is I can easily see like Michigan being up 28 to 13 or 14, and then Michigan State, you know, with five minutes left, is driving on the field. They get a touchdown, that's where you get to 20. They only kick a field goal. That's where you get that 16-17 range, depending if they have 13 or 14. And that's why I think this game is going to be right around the spread there. Yeah, it's also Vegas tough and when it comes doing. to... Uh, well, when Vegas made the spread, they didn't know it was going to be a cold, rainy game. If the rain comes, it's no going to be No one said scoring. that yet, though. I mean, we don't know. I mean, the reports are for rain in an arbor tonight. I just read it. But, um, I don't know. We live in Michigan. And I've heard it's both. pretty nice you right know, now. There's also talk that there might be... They might have to have like a slight lightning delay in the second half as well. Oh, that wouldn't be that good. That sounds to state. like conjecture to me, but, but um I will say we're all praying for the people out there and we're also praying for the people in Las Vegas. Well, I mean, weathermen uh, are only half right the t- half right of, right half the time anyway. So right. If, why uh, are we praying for them out in Michigan? Why are we praying for them? Because they're going to be drinking all day, man. That's fucking that's intense. We prayed for night games when we were there. But I, I'll as, pray for the as, people in Las as, Vegas, not the As an adult, I can't believe they're going to have a rivalry that's 60 miles away with the history of these two programs. They're going to play 3.30, I get, have an end. But a night game, it's just purely for TV ratings, and that's kind of jacked up, if you want me to be honest with you. They're, doing for, they're selling out. These students should be getting home around 8 p.m. Instead, they're going to be freaking sauced up at 11 o'clock leaving the big house people are gonna be driving it's not gonna be good out there however it is gonna be a super exciting game i love this game i used to be a little more fiery about it but if my diploma you're literally giving me a concussion after one of these games i used to be more fired up but if my diploma that says with honors has taught me anything never doubt d'antonio and always praise izzo D'Antonio is going to get these boys ready. Jesus. They're going to go out and win the game. Three touchdowns, 21. Michigan's going to have 10. 21 10. 21 to state. 10 state. Wow. Worst prediction you've ever made. I mean, one thing I want to say with Jerry. <laughs> Frank, you've known me since the fifth grade. Do you think I was going to come on this radio station and predict a Michigan victory? No, but I think as soon as we turn the mics off, you're like, yeah, that was a pretty funny pick. I think Michigan's going to blow them out. No, I actually got a good feeling about this one. Okay. Yeah, no, he was talking at the casino last night. Uh, if they had a sports book, he'd be betting. Straight up on Michigan State to yeah, win. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be too late by the time you yeah, hear this, drinking. but I'm looking at anybody who wants to give me some odds on Michigan State straight up, I'll take them. But, uh, well, Although anybody who wants to just go straight up and I got Michigan and you got State, well, I'd also take that action. <laughs> Hedge the bets. But, I mean, with Jerry doing all this praising on Antonio, I mean, one thing we got to talk about is, yes, Michigan is going to their backup quarterback. But how many times have we seen Michigan players get hurt and their backups come in and have no problem? It's because... Harbaugh creates an atmosphere where they're always competing for their job. So, therefore, everybody's trying to improve every week because everybody wants a shot. Dude. And Harbaugh is going to have his team ready. They've had two weeks to prepare Name for the this. the times you see God the backups right. come in and do – The fact of the matter is space out the good of a quarterback. So, you don't have a drop-off between Spate and fucking uh, O'Corn. You know what was a good backup coming in and stepping up? T.O.C. going down to the shoe and winning that game. When has Harbaugh had a game plan like that? Don't give me that crap. I don't care what Harbaugh said before. Maybe he looked better in camp. But I think we can all agree that O'Corn is better than Spate. 
I think he looks better too, but I don't think it's because of Harborough's coach. I, I don't think, think he wanted. I don't think he good. wanted to re re go back on his on his thing after week one. Maybe he thought he could just let it play it through. What honestly would make me nervous as a Michigan fan is this is his third year there. He should have had a quarterback in class one, developed red shirt. I mean, been a red shirt freshman last year. He should be a red shirt sophomore three years in the program. They should have a stud quarterback right now. We've already covered that quarterbacks an issue O'Korn against the good teams. Gerard, came in as not you. That's what I'm saying. Quarterback is an issue going forward, but is not Spade in this one of Brady game. Hoax players? That's the point I'm making. Yeah, Spade is one of Brady okay. Hoax players. Okay, well, he's out. Harbo is a great coach. He's a genius. He's a winner at every level. But don't give me some crap that he has the backups ready to go. The fact of the matter is there just isn't a talent drop-off. You're not losing fucking Tom Brady. Well, that's not a good idea. You're not going Peyton Manning to Scott Tolzien. Okay, well, well, yeah, I'm say- we'll I'm see. just saying that you- you're giving... I'm just saying. We'll see. A couple hours. Pound You're looking at Harbaugh, who, as we've said, is one of the great coaches in the game. He's had two weeks to prepare for this game, and he was a quarterback. He's going to have O'Corn ready. If it was another position that went down, like if we lost our top two receivers, I might be a little bit more worried. But when you have a quarterback going down and you have two weeks to prepare with, one, with Harbaugh, who's considered one of the greatest quarterback coaches there is around, who did a great job with Colin Kaepernick stepping in for Alex Smith, in the NFL, how'd that end? Four and twelve, <laughs> ran they, out of town. They went eight and eight their last season. Two NFC titles in a row, or whatever, man. I mean, you no can, Super, no rings, here, Jerry, no like, Pac twelve. All right, if we're to go way no back in the past, little brother, little brother. You're bringing up shit from years what ago. Let's talk about what's going to happen tonight. Since then, well, seven what's going to happen tonight? I told you're you, you're going to get blown out. By the Blue seven. hammer, green nail. Except it's more like green fucking nail gunk. Because Lewerke is going to be air Lewerke. Oh my God! We're, your white girl- lightning, Rompelago Blanco, baby, green and white all day. The Michigan players are going to just take all your drunk state fangirls and oh, never mind. I can't go that far. All right, that's pretty much. Frank just got a what little. What time's kickoff? Seven thirty. Seven thirty. Is okay. it seven thirty? Seven thirty Eastern time. Shit, man, that's okay. Whole, that's good. Four thirty Pacific. I thought it was eight. I got, I got some. I got some errands run today, so I'm gonna have to head out earlier. Well, yeah, so we're about, we're moving on. We're. Time. I got I got some stuff to take care of too. So that's it. We all made our predictions. We're gonna find out the result, and uh, I'm sure we'll be make for an interesting show next week. Um, as we transition to the final moments, we're gonna talk a little bit of fighting, a little bit of hockey. Who doesn't love those two things, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, there's Sometimes only really go hand in hand. there's two fights to talk about tonight in the UFC 216 from Las Vegas and now is the proper time to say shout out to those people and uh, RIP and God bless to all those people in Vegas and that guy's a fucking sick motherfucker whatever made him snap is messed up and I feel really bad for all those people and their families so um, it's it's cool that the UFC can go out there and put on a promotion to kind of take people's mind off it's, as lame as it sounds you know it's you know life has to go on and it just it sucks but you know we move forward and um, hope it doesn't happen again. So the, the event's going down at T-Mobile Arena. Main event's Tony Ferguson versus uh, two Michigan guys. So Tony Ferguson versus uh, the Motown Phenom, Kevin Lee. You know, these guys have been making a name for themselves highly because, um, you know, they're in the same weight class as Conor McGregor, 155. So, um, you know, there's a lot of talk after the big money fight with Mayweather, who Conor's going to face next. This is for the interim belt. And um, that is pretty much makes this a pretty big fight. So I'm not sure why people aren't more on board. If they are, I'm not sure. Well, also, I'm I mean, a lot of the hype in this is Tony Ferguson has won nine straight fights He's in the UFC. He's a straight fucking badass. His last loss was May 5th, 2012. 
Yeah, no, this is a huge fun. The Michigan-Michigan State game was the weekend. I'd be texting everybody to see who was having the fights. The fact of the matter is just got bigger things on the agenda. Well, not really. I mean, 7.30. I, I thought it was at 8.30, the game. At 7.30, you're already, the fights don't start until yeah, 10. it's going to be hard to find somebody who's having fights. That was the point I was making. But anywho. Anywho. Anyway, so the fight's going on. You got, you know, the co-main. You got Demetrius Johnson versus, uh, what's it, Ray Borg, you know, for the flyweight title. I might, we're not even getting in that. Cause... Well, I mean, the one thing that I want to mention there is. He, he's a loser, man. No one even knows him. Demetrius Johnson. Johnson is going for his 11th straight title defense, no which would set a new, which would break Anderson Silva's record of title defenses. And that's the big thing with that. But also at the same time, you got to look at it like this. When Ray Borg was sick and had to pull out of the last fight and they were, there was a lot of talk about what was going to happen with Demetrius Johnson. The UFC wanted him to fight TJ Dillashaw. Dillashaw wanted to drop down to 125 and fight him. Because of the fact that Cody Garbrandt had the back injury and had to pull out of their title fight. And Demetrius Johnson wouldn't take that fight. And in an interview when they asked him why, he said, I'm the 125-pound champion. I think Ray Borg's the number one contender. I'm not fighting some guy who's not in my weight class. I think part of it, and part, and he's also said part of it is pay. He goes, if they want me to fight a guy who's a 135-pound champion, they need to pay me more. Like, he wants to get paid more, but also at the same time, I think that's why he didn't want to fight somebody other than Ray Borg. He's been preparing for Ray Borg so that he can fight Ray Borg, set the record, and be like, I have the record, now pay me. Because he wants more money from the UFC. That's what it boils down to. The fact of the matter is he just doesn't. He's got to be the Coleman. Like, I mean, I don't give a fuck about that fight. I care all about Kevin Lee and Tony Ferguson. Oh, yeah, that fight. No, that's, the fact that's, of the matter is Tony's exactly right. But honestly, we're talking to the air and we're wasting time because no one cares about that fight. And everything that, you just said was fact and true. That's why he'll never get paid. He won't get paid because he's 125. Because yeah, he ducks the hard fights honestly 125 is not a good weight class for guys to be fighting at that doesn't really do anything for me they're too small i think as a man i'm just saying oh, i'm not trying to be fights. sexist but i'm just saying that you should feel a little uncomfortable if you're fighting in a weight class where there's girls that are fighting above your weight class i think that's just a little weird i'd feel a little i don't know about you guys i'd feel a little weird if i was fighting and there was girls that were in a higher weight division than me but i'm sorry but uh, I guess I'm Dude, like Cam Newton now. So if he's but. going for the if he's going for the record, I don't think what you said is that. If he's going for the record, I don't know who Demetrius Johnson was till he got like his 11th title. No defense. one does. No, no one knows who he fought. We're wasting let's time. Let's get to the big, the real the fight. I, all all I wanted to bring up is there's a sick fight going on versus two sick guys in Conor McGregor's weight division. That's what people really care about. Uh, I think Tony Ferguson. I think it's gonna be an exciting fight because Tony Ferguson, if you watch his fights, as good as he is. He relies a lot on his chin. He takes shots, and then he just keeps pressing forward. He uses his fucking toughness and his cardio and his grit to win and fuck people up. So I think it's going to be exciting. Kevin Lee comes out hot. He's young. He's a good wrestler. They're both really good grapplers. He can strike, too. He trains Floyd and stuff. I think it's going to be exciting. It's going to go more than two rounds, but I think Tony Ferguson's the better fighter, and I want him to win, and I think he's going to win. That's my pick. I just... I mean, I've only seen each of these guys fight maybe once, so my prediction is kind of based. It's not a very good one, but I also got Ferguson. And just because the grit and determination that guy shows of just constantly showing up, constantly being there, just waiting for an alleged title shot he's going to get with uh, McGregor after this fight down the road. He was there. He's supposed to fight Khabib. Khabib doesn't show up. Who's there waiting on time? Ferguson. Who's always... Ferguson showed up every time he's been asked to in the UFC for the last... Five years, Tony, you said it's 2012 was the last time he lost? Yeah. So for five years straight, this guy has been shown to work with his lunch pail, his work boots, and it just, there's something inspiring about that. I think this is his moment where he finally gets to put a belt around his body. After he gets the belt, we'll see what happens, but I think this is his, sometimes in life you have your moment, you know, this is Tony Ferguson's moment. Yeah. One thing I was going to say, like Frank mentioned, is he's taken some shots on the chin, and he's relied on his chin. And here's the thing, that's the way that somebody has to beat him, is you're going to have to knock him out. Because he's a very good grappler, and that's how, and that's how he keeps the fight standing. 
and he's picked a lot of guys apart with his technical striking. And Kevin Lee is not the strike on the same level a striker that Tony Ferguson is. Kevin Lee is known for just relentless takedown attempts, but he only succeeds on forty percent. About forty, I think it's forty-one percent is his takedown success rate, which is middle of the pack for a UFC fighter. But it's just that he attempts so many that he eventually gets you down to the ground, and then when he's on the ground, he has great submissions, and he also has pretty good ground and pound. And he's coming off of uh, five straight wins. The last four straight have been finishes of course the one was uh the last win was against michael chiesa which was a little bit of controversy because he had a rear naked choke that looked like it was sunk in deep and the referee stopped the fight before there was a tap and before chiesa went out and chiesa was not happy about that at all right i'm not a huge kevin lee guy but in his defense he had the choke and the ref did stop it early so it kind of took away from his win but that was oh yeah it was clearly a win and it was over so i mean no we know there. i've i've seen kiesa fight before he wasn't gonna tap he was gonna go out and that's what was gonna happen and the ref thought he went out but he hadn't so who do you got i'm gonna take ferguson i definitely think this will probably go like probably third or fourth round because also kevin lee hasn't gone uh five rounds before nope. so yeah. How did you not mention that his last loss in 2012 was to Michael Johnson when he was at 155? Isn't that the guy that moved all the way up to 205 and just lost? No. Oh, that's no, a different guy. That's else. Anthony Johnson. Oh, damn. Yeah. My bad. That's no, Anthony Johnson, the lowest he fought was 170. Michael Johnson, that was when they were both like very new in the UFC. And Tony Ferguson's actually tried a couple times to rematch with Michael Johnson to avenge that but anywho hasn't quite yeah, Tony so, Ferguson uh, beat Rafael Dos Anjos Joe are you, good. Are, you, are you familiar with this fight or Joe you would love Tony Ferguson if you dug in on him man he trains in the mountains and shit you know about this yeah so I looked into him after the Connor and Mayweather fight just because I was kind of wondering what was next for Connor um so I have I have looked into him a little bit but I can't say that I've actually ever seen him fight but uh I'm like gonna him, go bro. with with your guys' analysis, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust my, my three best friends here and say that, uh, yeah, Ferguson will probably win. But what I'm, I'm really looking forward to is the next match with, with Connor. Uh, that, that one I'll definitely uh, either venture out to see at a establishment or, or purchase it on my own. Well, while we're talking about it, isn't Connor fighting uh, Diaz next? Maybe. We don't know yet. He said – someone already said he might be fighting so that, uh, yeah, that, the winner that's of this like, fight. Like, yeah, sorry. He's kind of he, no. That's okay. Connor, he, has to, he has to defend or vacate. That's all I have to say. Yeah, Connor's yeah, kind of left it open on what he's going to do, and I definitely agree with Frank. If he doesn't defend the title, then he just needs to vacate it. Because to me, you can't have a rematch with Diaz if unless Diaz fights somebody. Which I would say, you know, if you if Connor wants to, what Connor should do is say, okay, cool, I'll defend my title against the winner of this fight, and then the loser of this fight faces Diaz, and they get a title shot. Because what's going to happen there... I don't like your plan all the time. I'm gonna, I can't even listen to it anymore. What's going to happen is Conor McGregor should defend his title here, and then you can have contenders fight like six months later when he does a trilogy. The trilogy will always be there. Tony Ferguson's only going to be hot for so long. McGregor should No, Conor should face Tony Ferguson when he wins, saying. win his belt, and be the outright champion, yeah, and give Nate Diaz a shot for the third the one. Tr- it's, it's simple. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And if he loses, I mean, it might not be the best career move, because I really honestly, as much as I love Conor, I think he is just as tough, or he has a chance, obviously, to beat Ferguson. Uh, Ferguson, for the people that don't know him or the people that do, he is a fucking bad motherfucker, and I think he has a chance to beat Connor if they fight. Yeah. I've said that before on this show. But what I'm saying is that trilogy is always there. If he loses that That's fight what... to Diaz, it doesn't fucking matter. 
You know what I mean? You can't have then two he's off. separate So he's got, a just, he's got a couple business options. He's got some pretty smart business guys with him. He's a smart businessman himself. He's got a couple angles he could take. I like the one where you be a man, defend your, defend your title, and win it. And then you'd be historic on that trilogy fight with Diaz. It'd be historic yeah. money. And did Diaz earn and, that shot? Not really, besides the fact that they're tied one to one. So I guess he kind of did earn it. So yeah, so we'll we'll see. We'll see I what hope, happens uh, with that. I'll feel bad. I'll, if, I'll be fight soon, man. I I I I don't like waiting on. Me neither. I just like watching, realize, I just like watching McGregor fight. Man. I was I thinking about that before the show, Joe. I mean, though. it's only been it a was, month and a week. That's what I was saying. Lost. It was only August twenty eighth, but he came he's, out of that pretty unharmed. He's probably the most electric, uh, charismatic, and. Uh, just all around, like one of the better fighters around since Mike Mike Tyson. Yeah, he's a total uh, package. And really quick, Joe. You, you know, yeah, oh, you know, ahead. I mean, everybody knew who Tyson was. Tyson's still famous. He's you saw him on uh, the Hangover and stuff. You know, I mean, the guy is still so so popular. Uh, not not the greatest guy in the world in general, but you know, children. I mean, like you know, I mean, we haven't had someone like him until Conor McGregor now. So I think I think really it, it all comes down to when is Conor fight next, whether it's boxing or MMA. Uh, you know, there's rumors of him. Uh, God, what's the guy's name he sparred with? Um, oh, no, I'm not. Tony, Tony Yeah. Tony He's not going to fight him. He's not going to fight him. Yeah, he's probably not. But, I mean, there's even rumors of them going at it because uh, there's some bad blood there now. But, I mean, you, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's good business, though, man. There's some bad blood still in boxing now that he has that option and no one knows what this guy's going to do next. I mean, we haven't had that in, in fighting in a long time, I mean, Anderson Silva was fun to watch, but he was so dominant. It was like, all right, dude, like, how is he going to knock this guy out? You know, is he going to, like, back up and punch him? Is he going to come forward and kick him? I, you know what I mean? It's just he's going to knock the guy out. Like, he didn't have the hooks but, by either that McGregor does. I, I really would be disappointed yeah, if he yeah, went he that never, route. He, he didn't draw the media like, like like McGregor does. You know what I mean? So I mean, I got one last point. I would, First of all, Joe, that's a, good, that's a good point. He does have that option. I didn't even think about that. I forgot about that little twerp, Malinaji. But I'd be disappointed if he took that route. But what I wanted to say, and I think you'd appreciate this, especially because of your, uh, you know, your studies – no, or not only you being in the core for eight years and your you know longevity that takes physically, but um, the studies you're going into with you know the conditioning and strength and all that stuff and the coaching. So with McGregor, all that stuff you said about him is true. The electricity, the hype, we've never seen anything like it. All that's true. With that being said, the window is short. He's 29, he's in his prime. The window of that is short. Now, wouldn't it be best, to correct me if I'm wrong, he's just coming off that, cra- we saw the footage, even though he lost to Mayweather, he was going through that crazy training, all the high-tech technology in the world, the Performance Institute in Las Vegas, all that stuff. Instead of him chilling out for a while and spending all that money, I know that'd be fun. I can't even imagine having that much money to go chill out with on a yacht for a while. But why not not fucking get back out of shape and waste that time, that precious time and use that? Because he's still in cr- crazy-ass good shape after training for a 12-round boxing match against Floyd Mayweather. So stay in good shape. Fight sooner than later. Make that money while you can, and then chill out, and you can retire early as fuck and go on another chapter in life. But you know all well, staying in shape, you can only do it for so long, no matter how yeah. hard you train. You're 100% right, but the one thing for yeah. McGregor is he's got like a super huge ego, and how he like stays mentally stable with his ego is he just immediately demanded for the rematch with Diaz. He won it. And then even though he got beat by Floyd, they like going in, he probably really thought he was going to win, but how he, he posts, I dance for the money, like a monkey. And now I got it. Like, and then he, when he didn't have a six pack in a picture, when he was chilling on that yacht, he called it like a rich man's belly or something like that. How he's keeping his ego together. is just like, yeah, like, I raped a game for money. You know what I'm saying? Like I took all the money. Who uh, cares? I don't know. I think he's enjoying think himself a little like, bit. I think, keep it together up top. Oh no, yeah. I, I think this is what it comes down to. He made um, a stupid amount of money. Uh, his training will be taken care of. I mean, he can pay for whatever kind of training he wants at this point. And, 
and, and you know that that kind of training takes rest uh you know re- rest and recovery one of the most underrated things when it comes to strength and conditioning out there a lot of people uh you know unless they have good trainers or unless they they do the research themselves uh tend to overtrain and overwork themselves so rest rest is needed but you know it, it but it's fighting though man like it's not a set sport it's not something where there's a schedule at the beginning of the year and you're gonna follow it uh yeah i i agree with you i i think he should stay busy because he's not gonna be 29 30 forever there's active but recovery at, right at Maybe the a same time recovery. he's gotta yeah he's gotta play the waiting game he's gotta wait for ferguson to fight he's gonna have to see what happens with diaz um the ufc has a little say in this stuff too i mean fighting's just one of those sports where um like fortunately like ufc is gonna happen like ufc you know 217 218 219 all that you know all that stuff is it's gonna happen regardless whether he's there or not so i you know they they are a little bit more organized than boxing is but um when it when it comes down to it be sick if he can uh, unfortunately he's got to play the waiting game for a little bit longer just to see what happens in this fight and uh and see what see what diaz wants to do and uh and you know maybe they get it on you know after after ferguson's done with this fight and ferguson just he you know he goes right in line it's one of those things where he gets a couple months to to recover and and train for uh connor and we see connor fight uh maybe before christmas i don't know um tony you you'd have to help me out with that one because that'd be a little unrealistic yeah i don't i don't think we're gonna see connor fight before christmas i thought it was supposed to be in december was him versus that's detroit That's in Detroit. Oh. I don't think that's. Yeah, they happen. already announced the main event for that. It's Max Holloway defending the featherweight title. Yeah, that sucks. See, I, I don't know. I don't know what cards are set up either. That's that's the other thing. Like there, there's probably some cards set up, like Tony just said. That I mean, he's you know. It'll like, be, it'll sure be next year. One thing I will. For it'll right. probably be if in Connor March. fights in December, it's probably going to be at the very end on like the New Year's Eve card. Anywho, I would say that if Connor does yeah. want to come back and have more than just maybe two, like defend his belt and beat Diaz, he does have to strike while the iron is hot because you're. Getting older, you're literally only getting slower. So we should jump back in there, but I think it's about it for two sixteen. Yeah, no, that, uh, that's one good, that's quick. Good dialogue. Oh, boy. No, so I swear to God, if this is if some undercard fight, I'm gonna this. slap you. No, this is the, the momentum. No, this is the fight before the Demetrius Johnson fight, dude. It's all right. There goes the mute button. Ooh, wow. It's for Breezy over Doom versus Derek Lewis, which should be a good fight. They're both coming off losses, but both these guys can knock guys out. They're heavyweight fighters. It should be a great fight. It should be a great fight, Tony, and I agree. But just it's for future reference, I don't you, care about. But you have to a start girl just off, passed out in Ann Arbor. You just have to start off with those things before. We just ended well from the Gregor, and then you go to the the Ferdum, which is the third fight from the top. I'm just trying to educate you on how to how to. I was just throwing it out there as a quick note. Yeah, like, but that you don't do that. But you I watch lo- that. I love get you. excited. You watch the Demetri- You take a nap during the Demetrius Johnson's fight. So you're fresh for the main event. I'm take right, a nap right now if you don't shut up. But let's frick get it up. to the thing that Joey can pound his chest. Joe, about. this is where you shine the most. The show. Uh, of all, this is where you shine. The Detroit Red Wings, despite a kind of a creepy uh, third period there, are undefeated. And that's all I'll say because I don't know much more than that. I was Every time they scored, I was in the bathroom. Before you fired, Joe, you did promise us you could get it done in four minutes. I'm going to put you on the clock and see if you can. I'm not saying a word. My headphones are on. All right. Hey, I, I, just, need, I just need updates on my way. So whenever you start the clock, let me know. All right. I'm going to start it in five, four, three, two, one. Bango. Okay, Red Wings 1-0. and uh, You know, don't care too much about that. They have 81 games left to go. Uh, I think the defense is still somewhat suspect. Uh, watching Minnesota grind down low, that could be a sign of things that come throughout the season, unfortunately. Howard played pretty well, however. Uh, a couple weak goals there in the in the beginning of the third period. Didn't like that. Uh, that. That's the old Howard for you. He plays good for 58 minutes. We need him for all 60. 
Um, big, biggest thing on the docket right now is, you know, Andreas Athanasio, double A, uh, one of the more electric guys the Wings have had in the lineup, you know, other than Dylan Larkin um, for, for some time. And getting him signed has become a real big issue. I think his uh, his agent, Dave Ferris, has been a real real a-hole about the whole situation. And he's really, at the end of the day, he's screwing Athanasiu now because Athanasiu isn't going to get more than 1.9 anywhere else. He's uh, he's actually gotten a plane yesterday over to Switzerland to uh, to, to join, a, join a team over there for their training camp. Uh, but if he wants to play in Switzerland, uh, he's not going to make 1.9. And if he comes back in the league, he's not going to make 1.9 because it's prorated. So uh, really, at the end of the day, uh, his agent has totally screwed him. He needs to drop that agent and sign with the Wings. Um, well, quick, maybe quick the Wings should hockey. give him a worthwhile offer. Yeah, I got four minutes. Shout out, Tony. Um, quick quick thing here is, is Las Vegas. Uh, their their first home game on Tuesday. You know, brand new brand new team in the league. Not a Vegas fan, but for, for the sake of what happened in recent current events, um, I hope whoever they play Tuesday night, they absolutely tune up and get that town going. Uh, they, they need some good news. Um, and then, you know, when it comes down to it, we, we talk about this over and over again. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens as the season goes on. I, I like our lines right now, or at least our top two lines. You got you got uh, Larkin, Mantha, and Ferk. Uh, Ferk is a laser shot. And then the top line is uh, Tatar, uh, Z, and Nyquist. I like that line. It's fast. It's got a lot of skill. The third line is where you get in trouble. You gotta, you're paying a lot of money to a bunch Halfway. of dudes playing on the third line. Um it's the most probably expensive third line that the league has ever seen. And then uh, you get down to the fourth line, and, and you, you got Sheehan centering Glenn Denning and Booth right now. Whenever Bertuzzi gets healthy, uh, hopefully we see Bertuzzi come up and, and play. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, uh, you know, we talked about a little bit, you know, just through text about Sheehan possibly getting traded to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs a center. Uh, Pittsburgh's getting tuned up at the beginning of the year here. Um, they, they need a third line center, but we're not moving Sheehan, boys until double a decides to, to come back. And I think he will, uh, I think he's trying to stay in shape in Switzerland right now. And, uh, whenever he comes back, we'll, we'll move, we'll move somebody to, uh, to make room for him. But, um, 81 games to go. It's a, it's a long haul ahead and we'll, we'll see what Detroit's got for us. But the new arena, when it's full, when the people are in there and they, they score a goal, it looks absolutely electric. It looks like a great time. Uh, I can't wait to come home someday and, and, you know, hopefully join you boys for a game and a beer. Someday. It'll be this season, bro. Don't act like it's going to be that long. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. We'll see if I can get back. Uh, I'm sure you'll be uh, able to go to a Wings game this year. We, we have plenty. We got plenty of games left. We'll, we'll, we'll have to get to one. But, man, I, I think, you know, there's some times in the game, like on uh, on Thursday, that the, the place looked a little empty and people were there at the beginning. But, they, I mean, there's just so much to see in that arena. I think it's going to take a, about half the 30 season. 30 seconds. For people to, it, thanks. It's going to take people a few games to, you know, kind of stop ooing and all and, and just focus on the wings. And, hey, if you want fans in the stands, Jeff Blaschel, you need to start winning hockey games. That's what keeps people uh, keeps people occupied. We're undefeated. Undefeated, 1-0. You got 10 Ottawa seconds, anything to add? On the road. I'm done. All right, I just got a couple things to say. Okay, a, before you, go, I, you didn't mention the fact that they scored two power play goals 23 seconds apart, which was good considering they had so much trouble on the power play last year. Also, it's game one, Tony. I also kind of mentioned that Anthony CU, they definitely lowballed him with their first offer, and that's part of the reason he was pissed is because they lowballed him because they're paying all these veterans way too fucking much. Then, also, you said the place was full. There was clearly empty seats. 
No, because the, 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 the second intermission, they, they were all in the concourse because the stadium's so sweet. I wanted to make some points in there, but Tony, I can't. Yeah, Tony, if you're you said to you were going to go like, four minutes. what I said. I wanted to I said see. people were oohing and on at all the stuff in between periods. Actually, yeah, it's game one, and Joe's act, or, uh, Tony's acting like fucking Jim and American I'm, Pie. I'm actually like excited to talk about the wings out the season has actually started. I just wanted to keep you to the four minutes, Joe, because you said you could do it in four minutes, and you kept. And I did. And, yeah, I no, did. and I'm proud of you. <laughs> the wings, they got to go to the stadium. You got to win in your first game of stadium. That's like gotta be a good sign. You lose your first game in a new stadium. They lost their first game in every other new stadium they had. Ooh. <laughs> you guys got shotgun burned. Uh, I, I don't care who you are. Build the stadium. Who, anybody on this podcast want to take an L in your first game? I'm just game saying in a it was nice stadium? to see Tony get a Trump for once. It's not, not very often Tony gets to Trump you. It was nice to see that. Yeah. That, Continue. I was actually, I was just, eat it. the wings, I mean, from the, I didn't watch the game for the highlights. They looked good. I'm excited they got a win. Let's see what the, I just want to see good, fast. Fun hockey this season. Well, hey, and and also when the when the when you, the wings so called low balled uh, Athanasiu, uh, they also benched him a few times throughout the season. So before you get too excited, uh, I'm not paying a player more than two million dollars who's been benched half the season. Yeah, and they wouldn't bench Sheehan who couldn't score a fucking goal. So don't tell me Jeff Blashill knows what the fuck he's doing. Oof. Well, he does. He's won a championship in the AHL. He's won. Uh, he did pretty good with a Western Michigan team at the collegiate level, so I think he does know what he's doing. We should have kept Babcock. Look at his look at look at his roster right now. Like, what, what is he supposed to do? He's undefeated. Yeah, that's why I want to see fast, clean, fun hockey. I mean, we we won the fucking game. Hey, eighty two sounds good, right? Eighty two sounds good. Eighty two and all, I like it. Let's keep the momentum rolling. <laughs> all right, no, but honestly, guys, uh, that that was a good job, Joe. You went like the full four minutes un untouched, basically, which you took it to the crib. That was nice and. Well, like you said, we'll see what happens. The Red Wings were pretty much the foundation of this show. I know we talk about a lot of football and stuff, but and we poke fun, and Joe gets mad, but uh, we do that have a deep passion for the Red Wings. And when we joke around, we just want to see him do good, guys. We just want to see him do good. So that's why. And that's pretty much all I got. I got to get to the airport to pick up my pops. Uh, Anybody else got anything to get off their chest? One thing I'll just add with the wings. I, I know it's a sweet stadium, but I don't need to hear about it constantly, people. So, like, don't tell me how sweet it is because I know that new stadiums are sweet. Like, I can look at it's a, a picture. It's a big deal, bro. Come on. I mean, it's cool, but, bro, we saw, like, they weren't there for the second period. It's like, why don't you show up a little early and walk around the concourse? Like, half the stadium was just walking around because there's so many Oh, yeah, they opened doors, like, two hours before the puck drops. Yeah, man. they had a red carpet. It was all sweet and stuff. What I want to go see is the fucking, when the Pistons start to suck later in the season, go catch a Pistons game down there for, like, 15 bucks. That's when the fucking, or, like, two years from now when the Pistons are still bad, watch them play, like, the Lakers or something for fucking $20 and sit in, like, third row. It's gonna so be you sweet. can see Lonzo Ball and LaMelo Ball. You can go see Big Baller Brand. <laughs> okay. Come on, Gerard, be, be be some show some self respect. You can go to a Red Wings game. Okay, I'm gonna go to a Red Wings game. I just don't care that I know the stadium's sweet. I agree it's sweet. I just don't need to hear you tell me it's sweet. I don't need to hear. That's like telling me the sky's blue. I know it. It's a fact. I get it. Move on. Well, you don't know till you go see it. Actually, do you? I see. It's a stadium. It's a building. Okay. All right. What is? It's not fucking Niagara Falls. Is all I'm saying. It could be better. Maybe it's better than Niagara it's Falls. It's more expensive. Dude, there's nothing in the world Hell better yeah. than Niagara Falls. All right. Anything else you guys want to get Besides off your chest? Being full orgasm. Joe, you got anything else? No, no. All good. All right. Well, that's it, Tony. Why don't you pay the damn bills? All right. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. I'm still laughing at what Jerry said earlier. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, so Facebook.com slash Revolutionary Sports Front, Twitter.com slash RSF Podcast, the website is RevolutionarySportsFront.com. Revolutionary Sports Front on Instagram. 
got the YouTube page with new content coming soon. Get that shit off the end here. Really? If you guys didn't know that was coming, you don't know me at all. <laughs> that was stupid. You could have waited until I was done with this. I was the on a roll. The guy who controls the sound. I was on a fucking roll. Well, and just you finish, it. finish the roll. Also, you can contact us directly at, at revolutionarysportsfront at gmail.com. Show's available for download on iTunes and Stitcher. You can leave us a rating there. And thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing. And thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. On the banks of the Red Cedar, there's a school that's... I can't do the whole song. Go green, go white! Can't read, can't write.